evening, good afternoon, good night, good day, whatever time it is, wherever you are. <sighs> What's up? How you doing? Welcome back to the YouTube channel. Welcome back to how you have you listening. You can't see me. Make sure we are liking, commenting, sharing, subscribing, all the clicks that you can click, click them. Okay? God damn it. This is me being a nosy neighbor. My window is open. Um, so yeah. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I hope everybody is well. I'm well. I want to touch on Monique really quickly, very briefly. Um, what is all this dread? Like, what? Oh, it's it's three and one. Okay, I just want to touch on Monique very quickly. Um, Monique's Netflix special was everything we needed from Monique. It helped those understand her, or it helped us understand her. Uh, my favorite part was when she spoke of her grandmother. Even though her grandmother did not fully accept her gay daughter, she did, but she didn't, right? She still spoke of her grandmother as the one who taught her certain things. And I definitely related, and I cried a little bit, because y'all know I'm a crybaby um, when I'm alone. Uh... It made me think of my grandmother. I also inboxed her a picture of my grandmother. Just a little quick video. Hey, money. Um, one thing about me, I'm going to inbox a celebrity. <clears throat> Whether they look at it or not, I'm going to inbox you. That's what I do. Okay? What's the worst that can happen? You not read it? I'm still waiting on D.L. Hughley to um, comment on my podcast. D.L. Hughley. <laughs> I got a quick story. I met D.L. Hughley a few months ago. I need to post a picture. He came into my job. I'm not telling y'all where I work. Y'all know I work with animals. I don't like to talk about my job because it's 100% separate from what I do. Um, but I met D.L. Hughley and at my job, I walked out and I was like, I know this nigga not sitting in the lobby. Little thoughts in my head. I know this nigga not sitting in my motherfucking lobby. So I say to other coworkers, I'm like, do y'all know who that is? And everybody was like, no. And I was like, actual words out my mouth. I said, that's fucking black royalty sitting in the lobby. Y'all don't know who that is? Mind blown. Mind fucking blown. So I had to tell everybody who this man was. Now, I'm not going to say everybody know. A few people didn't know who he was after the fact. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I finally get to talk to him, and I'm like, nigga. Nobody knew who you was. I'm like, this is fucking comedy royalty sitting in the fucking lobby. And he was on the phone with his wife, and I was like, oh, my bad. Ended up talking to him about my podcast. And I was like, you should definitely check it out. And he was like, yeah, I'll check it out. What's it called? And I was like, my black self. And I told him what it was about. And he was like, I'll definitely check it out. And then when we took our picture, he was like, remind me again, what's it called? And I told him again. I was like, I'm going to inbox you. In that moment, D.L. Hughley changed my life. And I'm going to tell you how he changed my life. But he is, uh, he's not, he didn't know he changed something in me. He didn't change my life fully, right? He didn't do anything drastically to me. But 
in that moment, I knew I was in the wrong place. And I knew I was around the wrong people. Because for me to witness black royalty and for me to be one of the few to know who this man is, I felt like I felt out of place. I felt like I was in the wrong place because I was around people who fully could not support me as a black man. That is how he changed my life. I realized I was in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong workplace. And it just is what it is, right? But I love what I do. But in actuality, People in the workplace cannot support me 100% because they will never understand because the culture goes so deep, deep down to D.L. Hughley and comedy and the TV shows and just from what he does now, if you don't know who this man is, part of it means you're not really following black culture and you're not really in the know of the struggle, which most white folks aren't. Some black folks aren't either. And it just is what it is. But in that moment, I felt 100% out of place. And I felt like I just wanted to be surrounded by a bunch of niggas. Niggas, Um. So yeah, back to Monique. Yes, Monique. That reminded me of my grandmother and it was it was it was more than a comedy special. It was very personal. It was deep, it was raw, it was honest. And I'm gonna watch it again. I haven't watched it again yet. Mainly because it was very it was filled with emotions. And typically when I watch stuff, I told myself, Malcolm, you shouldn't talk about the special until you watch it the second time, but I'm still processing from the first time, and I watched it the day it aired on the 4th. I am still processing everything, and I will watch it again shortly. Um, But shout out to those of you who were able, or who are able to watch things over and over like that. That's beautiful. I wish I was like that. My grandmother could not take the bus to school. I've told y'all some of these stories before. I'm going to tell you again. My grandmother grew up in Macon, Georgia. Right next to, well, really Lizella. The South. The racist South. Where they would kidnap you and not bring you back. And then everybody wondering where you went, but they knew you were killed by a white man. And there was nothing they could do about it. My grandmother witnessed the fight. My grandmother witnessed not being able to use a water fountain because she was black, not being able to get on the school bus because she was black, having to walk miles to school because she was black and getting spit on by the white kids that were on the bus as they rode by. These stories will forever be embedded in me. These stories will forever continue to tell a story of white people that some will never understand because white people didn't grow up hearing these stories 
about their family members, not being able to succeed, not having the same opportunity, not being able to be in the same room because the color of your skin. Not being able to be in the same room because the color of your skin. Did you hear me? I said not being able to be in the same room because the color of your skin. The funk in your hair. The kink in your twist. Can you imagine? I cannot. But I have to say I have been able to. Actually, I've been able to imagine this my entire life. My grandmother was filled with wisdom, filled with racist bullshit. She always spoke of a man that never came back. Yeah, that man went off with those white boys and never saw him again. Can you imagine a friend just getting kidnapped and there's nothing you could do about it? But you live with this and as you get older, you just watch the world kind of progress. So there's nothing you can do about it. So eventually you leave where you were. But mental illness was not a big thing, but it was a thing. Going to therapy was not a thing in the 40s and 50s. My grandmother was born in 1930, May 7th. There were no opportunities for her to deal with what she witnessed as a child, as a young woman. imagine growing up in a racist South? Can you imagine Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, being removed by Republicans, being removed by white Republicans for protesting gun violence? This is in Nashville, y'all. Justin Jones. Justin Pearson. Were removed by Republicans for protesting gun violence on the House floor. Gloria Johnson was protesting gun violence on the House floor. Gloria Johnson is a white woman. Gloria Johnson went home that night with no problems. Gloria Johnson is still with the bullshit, though. <laughs> She's still with it. Shout out to Gloria Johnson. Um, I believe it was the news they asked her. They said, why didn't you get expelled? She said, it's very obvious. I'm a white woman. Period. Period. Led a chant and only expelled two. All three led the chant, but only expelled two. All for gun control. How many more kids gotta die? How many more kids gotta die? <laughs> Justin Jones was reinstated this Monday. Pearson. 
We'll see what happens on Wednesday, which is today, because that's the day this podcast is going to air. So we're going to see what happens today, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Justin Jones is calling this the resurrection. I feel like K. Michelle... How many times? How many times will we continue? Will we get slapped in the face because we're black? Because of the color of our skin? How many times will we continue to get denied? How many times will we get looked over? Profiled? How many times? How many fucking times will we continue to go through this bullshit? I'm tired. And the thing about this, I'm not the only one that's tired. We all tired. But watching Justin Jones spark something inside of me that hasn't been sparked since my sister died. Actually, during those 2020 protests, I was in them streets. Like Rihanna said, tell your friends to pull up. I don't have any words for the continued madness, for the Republicans that hate black people, for the white people that hate black people, for, I, I don't know what to say anymore. It seems like it doesn't need to be any words at this point. Imagine being so close to a Philly member that experienced it all. I got a cousin that marched with Martin Luther King. (laughs) It may sound minor to you, but I don't know what else he experienced. He's old now, still alive. I don't know what else he experienced during that walk. I don't know the fear that was in him during that walk. I don't know the excitement that was in him during that walk. I don't know the unjust he might have felt during that walk. I don't know the accomplishment he might have felt during that walk. I may never know that. But I got a cousin that marched with Martin Luther King. It's in my blood. Did you hear James Jill Scott change the national anthem? You should go listen to it. it. Takes a while for you to get noticed when you're talking about something important. Thank you for listening to my Black Self Podcast. If you would like to continue this conversation, please send me a message, comment, inbox me. We can continue this conversation for the rest of the fucking season. I don't care. We got work to do. I love you for listening.